So are we podcasting now? Is this we how are. we do it? We are. We are. As we speak. Yeah. All right. Uh, what? How do I know if it's working? Um, you, well, neither of us really know if it's working, but you have to take my word that it's working at the moment. Okay. So th- does our podcast have a name? No. No? Does, does it have a uh, topic? I don't remember what we're uh, doing, what we're reading. We are, well, the general topic of our podcast is a discussion of um, works entering the public domain. And in season one of our podcast, we'll be discussing um, a story by Willa Cather. Ah, yes, I remember Willa Cather. What do you remember um, about Willa Cather? Well, here's what I can tell you about Willa Cather. When I was in sixth grade, we were assigned very, very complicated texts that because I was advanced in sixth grade, they thought I could read, but I actually couldn't. So, <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Uh, oh, you couldn't? Th- these particular works were too advanced for you? Yes. So even though I was very advanced for my age, these texts were even more advanced than my advancedness. So I remember very clearly reading the autobiography of Frederick Douglass and finishing and having no idea anything about Frederick Douglass because he wrote at a very (laughs) uh, high level. Um, He was not writing for sixth graders. Mm. And then, after we finished Frederick Douglass, we read My Antonia by Willa Cather. And as best I can tell, remember, we said My Antonia the whole way through. But looking at it now, I'm not sure why it's not Antonia. <laughs> or, or, you know, there's no pronunciation guide. It seems like it's like Antonio with an A, which would be Antonia. But we all said Antonia. And I understood a lot more of that than I did the autobiography of Frederick Douglass. In particular, I remember that it was set in Nebraska. Is that pretty much the sum total of your, uh, your knowledge? It was set in Nebraska, and the main character was possibly named Antonia. <laughs> or some other pronunciation of that word. So that's two more things than I gleaned from my sixth grade reading of um, Autobiography of Frederick Douglass. I and mean, you didn't, even, time... you didn't even pick up that, like, Frederick Douglass wrote it? Um, I remember... My sixth grade teacher, he taught us diagramming sentences. Did you ever learn how to diagram a sentence? Yes, but I'm not sure that we got, like, super deep into it. Like, I feel like when I look at other people's diagrams of sentences, they look much more complicated than the sentences I was diagramming. I had the same English teacher for all of middle school, (laughs) and we diagrammed sentences a lot. And in particular, I remember he diagrammed the first sentence of the autobiography of Frederick Douglass, and it required like four sheets of poster board taped (laughs) together because it was a very complex sentence. And that was just the first sentence. Like, 
I know the difference between a subject and a predicate, although I mo might have gotten that mostly from Schoolhouse Rock. Like, Mr. Morton does various well, things. Mm -hmm. Then you're a little better off than the simpler cobbler from Connecticut. Am I? I mean, is cobbling a dangerous activity? He couldn't tell a participle from a predicate. Oh. He was just a simple cobbler from Connecticut. I see. <laughs> Do you think he would have been um, a good option for writing the Declaration of uh, Independence? Um, I believe knowledge of participles is crucial yeah. <laughs> to writing. I don't know if you need to know a predicate, but knowing a participle, uh, you, you have it like dangling or representing the wrong thing, and it says, you know, um, uh, declaring their independence, and, you know, France is reading it going, wait. Who's declaring their independence? I can't tell. <laughs> what does this participle refer to? And then uh, uh, there you are. You got nothing. And, you know, you, what if you declared independence and nobody noticed? I think. Because they uh, misinterpreted your thing. I think France would have said that with more of a ridiculous French accent. They would have been like, to what does this refer? I do not know. Well, in France, they wouldn't call it a French accent. They just call it accent. <laughs> I am just like they, they have, just like they have fries there instead of French fries. Sure, sure. And onion soup. <laughs> and they just call it kissing. Right, right. As, as far as I know. But they still have Belgian waffles. Um, well, yes. Well, it, it's actually, um, Belgian Waffles Monster. Excuse it, me? It, the, it, the, it was created by Belgian Waffles, but it's, the, the waffles themselves are called Belgian Waffles Monster. Oh, I understand. Yes. <laughs> or Adam, in fact. I don't like to name my food. <laughs> because then it makes it difficult to eat. So that's what I know about Willa Cather. I read her immediately after Frederick Douglass. It was set in Nebraska. I didn't know how to pronounce the main character's name, or maybe I did. And I haven't thought of her since sixth grade. So do you think we can conclude? So I think we should give our many listeners um, some introduction to today's episode, which is that while we have picked... This a work that has recently entered the public domain. We haven't done any research about it uh, or about the author, and we haven't Honestly, read it yet. I don't remember what it is called. Well, um, while we were talking, I looked it up, and I have found that it's called A Lost Lady. A Lost Lady. Mm. Okay. So uh, uh, be before we get to the title, do you know anything about Willa Cather? Right, so um, I was thinking that your uh, memory of it, of something she wrote having to do with Nebraska more or less accords with my vague feelings that, like, s stuff she writes has to do with, you know, the country, maybe, or the frontier, the West. Ah. Uh, I have... I, so I know I read a Willa Cather story in middle school or so. 
Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I'm pretty sure I can't remember anything about it. The best I've got is that I probably mixed it up with some other stuff. But I have an association with a short story about a post office. A post office. Huh? Yeah. You don't remember the name of the short story or? No. Do, do we know if Willa is short for something? Like oh. Wilhelmina or uh, Willison? Or... <laughs> Willison? I mean, I think, and, and Cather, is that short for something? Maybe it's short for, maybe her name is Willicent Catheter. Mm. Wilhelmina Catherine. <laughs> Where there's a Willa, there's a Waya. I mean, I think we owe it to our listeners to, before we, we dive in and do the extensive research that I'm sure we will be doing, is, you know, so that they can um, join us on our journey, we want to speculate, you know, as much as, you know, get it all out on the table so they know where we're coming from. And I think we've, so, uh, we've done a good job of uh, de demonstrating our ignorance. Yeah. Now, if I were in college, where I did not read anything by Willa Cather because she was, even though I was an English major, she was not on any of my uh, reading lists. Unlike other authors who were on my reading list, but I didn't read anything by them. <laughs> yeah, totally um, separate. I'm sure my essay would have been comparing her story about Nebraska to Bruce Springsteen's album about Nebraska. <laughs> have you listened to the Bruce Springsteen album, Nebraska? I have. I mean, not re so recently that I could tell you what songs are on it. I know it was either his first or second album. I know it's often sold as a double album with uh, Welcome to Asbury Park. Um, and it has some early works on it, but probably not as early as Willa Cather's work. I would imagine not. I am going to say that Willa Cather was writing. Oh well, we know we know when she was writing because uh, this work came, it recently came into the public domain. So it's like uh, nineteen. Uh, that I remember that nineteen thirty-seven. These were all things from nineteen thirty-seven that came into the, or maybe nineteen thirty-eight. Somewhere around there, because it was not no. Am I wrong? I think no. I'm completely wrong. I I'm think you might be wrong. wrong. It was 95 years, so 1923. Yes. Around there. Yes. Okay. Right, so so, um, so I think we now, now we know a lot about her. We know she's a woman. She is American, right? Because she was writing about Nebraska. Who else would write about Nebraska? Um, right. And uh, since she was writing in the 1920s, um, I mean, that tells us everything else we need to know. Um, yeah, do we think, um, do we think she was new in the 1920s or was she old in the 1920s? Like, was this her last work? You, you think she wrote My Antonia before or after this? <laughs> it, it, I guess it's anybody's guess. Based no solely on the titles? Like, do we think A Lost Lady is a better title than My Antonia? You know, you know what? I think my Antonia, that's kind of a bold title. You know, you don't mm -hmm. you don't come out with your first work and be and have a word in it that nobody knows how to pronounce. I think you work up to that. So I'm going to say a lost lady uh, comes before my Antonia. 
Well, maybe we can research that at a later date. Sure, yeah, yeah. So do you want to speculate what a, lo- a lost lady, is that what it's called? Um, yes. The lost lady? A, a lost lady, lady lost? A lost lady. Um, would you like to speculate about what it's about? Um, yes, I would. Nothing would please me more than speculating about the subject of this work. Okay. Proceed. Um, I mean, it could be an ironic title. You know, it could be about, like, a really confident lady. Ooh. uh, Or at least someone who outwardly seems really confident and sure of her place in the world. Um, Okay, so let's start with, is it like a you know missing person story or is it more a metaphorical lost like i you know i don't know where i am emotionally right i'm going for the latter yeah okay so do you think anywhere in the book will they make the muppet movie have you tried Hare krishna joke i assume in every chapter Right. I know I will be making that joke. Will you also be making the um, Opus uh, Harry Fishnuts joke? Um, That's like what? That's like a joke on the joke. Well, this is a a sophisticated podcast, sir. Have you like, have you tried? Oh, you're lost. Have you tried Harry Fishnuts? That requires like multiple levels. Well, I guess. Are you saying it's maybe too Maybe I'll ease into it. It's too first early. I need, well, yeah, first we need a running gag, and then we can build upon the running gag and make a gag about it. But until you establish the running gag, you can't um, make fun of it. All right. Well, that's fair. And this is only our first episode. Mm. All right. So um, you just called me kind of out of the blue. So is there like, should we like introduce ourselves or something? Do people do that? I mean... I feel like like I've listened to, you know, podcasts and, you know, someone says, Hi, I'm Ira Glass. Welcome to This American Life. Yeah, yeah but you'll notice a, a key difference already is that he knows what the name of his program is. And oh, but, but much like Ira Glass, mm-hmm. I also know my own name. <laughs> Well, it's, it's, it's how I. Besides the fact that we're both from Baltimore. You mean you and Ira Glass? Yes. Because I'm not from Baltimore. Right. I that, mean, I've been to Baltimore. How Ira Glass and I are the same <laughs> is that we're both from Baltimore and we both know our names. Are you. Uh, are, and neither of age? us wrote a novel about Nebraska. As. Uh, as far as you know, you might have written it in your sleep. Hmm. Um, are you older or younger, do you suppose, than Ira Glass? I believe Ira is much older than I am. Oh. Significantly older. Um, so you don't have any uh, known acquaintances in common? No. Well, my father knew Ira Glass's mother. Oh. That is the uh that that is the closest i can get that is uh 
I don't know. What's that? What three de- three degrees of Kevin Bacon from Ira Glass? <laughs> and uh, and what was? Why does your dad know uh, his mom? I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I believe she was either a psychologist or a psychology professor, mm. and um, he uh, they knew each other through Baltimore psychology circles. I see. But that could be, uh, that's only half a memory. Well, I think it's about as fact-based as anything else we've said so far, maybe even more so, mm. so, you know. Okay. So um, are you really, uh, you're really into this, like, introducing yourself thing or saying your name? No, no, I mean, not particularly. Uh, I mean, now, now it's the thing. Now, you know, if we had just introduced ourselves and, and done it, it's, uh, it would have been just a thing to do. But now that it's become an issue, now I have to think, am I so full of myself that I got to introduce myself? Right. I mean, or, I, could, I could understand it if you had other work that you wanted uh, your audience to be attracted to. Like they'd say, oh, this person whose father might know, might have once known Ira Glass's mother is, um, is wonderful in the podcast and I should check out all his other creative output. But, um, as far as I know, I mean, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that, that if they went searching for that kind of stuff from you, they, they might find it difficult. No, they would definitely find it difficult because I'm not even the first, uh, Google hit of my own name. Mm. There, uh, I know, for example, there is a, um, a, a right-wing um, Lord of the Rings fan with <laughs> my name who writes extremely right-wing um, uh, pieces of um, uh, political analysis and also talks about hobbits. Mm. And uh, that's not me. And there's also a guy who was very newsworthy because he was kicked out of divinity school for being gay. Mm-hmm. And he had my name. Had? And, well, I believe still has it. But <laughs> it, the last time I Googled myself, which was, to be fair, several years ago, I was not on the first page due to the um, left-wing gay divinity student and right-wing hobbit guy. Well, this might be a good, um, a good opportunity for our listeners to, to participate in our podcast and um, maybe we can offer some sort of prize for the first uh, listener who contacts us with your name if they do it before we actually introduce ourselves. So did we, did we finish speculating about what it's about? It was some sort of uh, metaphorical loss. We don't think anyone's like going to actually get lost. Right. Well, uh, let me just um, – I want to lay out my theory in a little more detail. Um, so we have this this woman. She's very confident of her place in the world. Uh, you know, so she's probably from a not necessarily rich, but certainly a comfortably well off at minimum background. And mm. um, and, uh, you know, she's she might be a, a person with a religious background and uh, and living in a uh, society or community with, um, you know, norms that she would expect people to follow. And throughout the story, 
her confidence in these in these various um, things <laughs> uh, gets uh, undermined uh, through the events in the in the work in the book until uh, at the end she is a lost lady. Uh, that uh, I'd be interested in reading that book. I don't know if that's the book we're going to be reading. Oh but, yeah, no. Uh, I mean, uh, while I don't have any memories of the characters from my Antonia, I imagine that they were like frontier people mm -hmm. and maybe, you know, as such, not wealthy. So maybe, maybe it's about a wealthy person. But when I think of, you know, wealthy people lost in the world, um, I remember we discussed this when we were discussing what book we would read, although I have since forgotten both of them. Um, <laughs> the, that, uh, the, the sort of book you described sounds like an Edith Wharton book. And mm. I remember when we were discussing Willa Cather, I was confusing her with Edith Wharton sure. because they both have names that go da 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 da. And they like both that. write books about post offices. Um, I don't know if that's true. Oh, me neither. Uh, I believe uh, Edith Wharton writes about like rich New Yorkers who are um, like, uh, spiritually bereft. And do these rich New Yorkers never have to mail a letter? Uh, they have servants to mail <laughs> the letters for them. <laughs> mm -hmm. And if they were mailing them, they certainly wouldn't be mailing them to the frontiers of Nebraska. So if this, uh, if this book isn't about a uh, reasonably wealthy person in Nebraska, what is it about? Um... I'm going to go more uh, concrete and say it's like a missing person story. Mm. The, there, there's a lady who was lost, but maybe it could like have a double meaning because when they find her, we realize that she's actually like more uh, spiritually lost mm. and not just physically lost. And then it could be, um, you know, and, and maybe her name could be something, um, um, you know, uh, um, you know, Darcy Misplacio, or, you know, something, <laughs> something <laughs> subtle, something subtle. Uh, if I had had more time, I would have come up with a better, um, uh, name, but you know, her, uh, her, or her initials could, you know, spell I'm lost or like or Lisa O. Stonage Torkfunkel. Ooh. Or something along those lines. Right, if, that, right. if that was a line, that something could be a line. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, I think maybe we have speculated. What's what's next on our agenda that I don't we don't have? Well, I, I mean, we could just end the first episode here, or um, you had uh, suggested that we read the first sentence, um, so we could do that. Mm. Well, hold on. Uh, so, oh, oh, good. The computer is free at the moment. I can actually pull up the text because um, my spouse was on the phone on the computer when you called, so I couldn't do that. Mm. But now I can actually find the novel that I remember Googling and like it was available somewhere online probably illegally but now legally 
Like, because when we looked at it, it was not in the public domain yet. Right. And then I forgot about it for a couple months, and now it is in the public domain. So as such, I can return to the same website that where I did not read it, but I just, you know, confirmed that it existed. Mm-hmm. And it won't be illegal to do that. But that would require, okay. I'm, I'm physically at my computer. Folks, I, um, this is very exciting. He's at his computer. Mm-hmm. And, He's looking uh, at the screen. Uh, yeah, I believe we. Uh, Aaron seems to think we're podcasting. Well, technically, yeah. we're recording. Oh my gosh, everybody knows my name now. Um, we're recording a podcast. I haven't done any research as to how we would make it available to people who listen to podcasts. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. So, but so you're essentially you're 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 recording us. This is like, you know walking around with a like dictaphone holding it in the air and saying I'm podcasting. Right? Well, yeah. I guess you could you could say that. Okay. A Lady Lost by Willa Cather. I have entered it into my search engine of choice. Which is um oh a lost lady, not yes. a lady lost. Luckily, um um hold on this is i'm going to this is some great podcasting (laughs) this is an article about it hold on the article is from the university of nebraska lincoln that uh, that's like nebraska wait a a pot an article about a lost lady yeah, I thought I had found the um, uh, the novel, but it was just uh, a uh, article. So, well, here it is. I found it. It or something. I found the cover of it. <laughs> this is just gripping, gripping suspense. Uh, no, no, I got it. I got it. Here it is. Part one. It, it exists. There's a table of contents. It's divided into part one and part two. Oh, what does that tell uh, us? Okay, so yeah, before we start, there's a part one, there's a part two, and each part has nine chapters. And in this edition, the chapters are titled, so like number one, and then the title of chapter one is one. <laughs> and, and, and it goes all the way down, like one through nine, <laughs> and then the words one through nine. Wow. And then part two, it does it again. So it's not just there are nine chapters. They are actually titled one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine. I got to say, that might just be in your edition, because in the edition that I'm looking at, um, mm-hmm. I do have, well, I don't have a table of contents. Let's start there. Um, but <laughs> I do have part one, and then it just starts, it goes to the first chapter, which has a Roman numeral you know, one on it, but it doesn't. Right. I, doesn't... I guess it's the difference between, you know, a painting being untitled and a painting being titled untitled. Untitled, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, so... part one, one. All right, so it, the part one and part two, you think it's going to be like she's lost in part one and we find her in part two and that'll be the, uh, like, the midpoint? No, I think in part one, She's going to be found, you know, she's going to be confident and, and appearing the opposite of lost. And in part mm-hmm. two, she'll be lost. 
that this is a lot shorter than I thought it would be. I thought it was a also, short story until now, so this is longer than I thought it would be. So I'm scrolling down, mm-hmm. and it goes it goes to eight. It's, eight what? Well, the the edition I have online here says part one one, and then I scroll down, and it goes two, and then three, and then it ends at eight. I see. So, but the table of contents seems to think there's a nine. Mm. So, oh, if you click on it, it shows up. All right. So, are we ready for um, sentence one? Yeah. Are you gonna read it? Um, well, I feel like I've been doing a lot of the talking. You're All just right. like laughing at me. Uh, so, <laughs> well, you're you're, uh, you're a clown. So, just to be clear for our listeners, we're not intending to read the whole book aloud. This is just, you know. Um, an exciting starting point. Right, actually, We're not. I'm, well, go ahead. Are are we reading the book to our listeners? Uh, I thought that's what we were doing. Mm. Yeah, well, apparently we haven't discussed that uh, in detail. I, I had thought we were going to read it and then on our own and then come back and talk about it. But I don't, I'm not necessarily averse to reading aloud. Are you familiar with the uh, the Michael Ian po- uh, Black podcast, Obscure? Um, no. I used to listen to a lot of podcasts when I was working up in Bucks County and I had to drive like 45 minutes each way. Sure. But now sure. that I work a lot closer to home, I don't listen to many podcasts. Mm. I sure listen to music while I drive because I'm not in the car long enough to make that sort of commitment. Well, uh, Michael Ian Black is reading Jude the Obscure and commenting on it as he goes. So this huh. could be, you know, in that tradition. Well, yeah, but we're commenting on it before we go. Right, right. But we're about to start going. Okay. Well, uh, I, I grant to you the um, honor of reading the first sentence. Well, thank you. Here we go. This is... A Lost Lady by Willa Cather, Part 1, Chapter 1. Mm-hmm. 30 or 40 years ago, in one of those gray towns along the Burlington Railroad, which are so much grayer today than they were then, there was a house well-known from Omaha to Denver for its hospitality and for a certain charm of atmosphere. All right, that that's... Not quite as long as the Frederick Douglass sentence that my sixth grade teacher <laughs> diagrammed, but still a pretty long sentence. Like, how many pages do you think uh, you would need to diagram it? Well, I could do it on. I mean, I could do it on one page because it's just. Uh, I wonder. I wonder if the beginning thirty or forty years ago is uh, foreshadowing that the sentence is thirty to forty words long. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so this is a house well known from Omaha to Denver. So Omaha, Nebraska, Denver, Colorado, we're we're in that same region. So so we, uh, I need to interrupt because um, I have some problem with geography and uh, I'm bad at it. Um, so is uh-huh. is does Nebraska like border on Colorado or how far away are we talking? Well, so, uh, as we know, if we know one thing about Colorado, we know it's got that little hooky thing on it, right? Like, well, sure. 
Mm-hmm. We don't we don't know one thing about Colorado, or that's not yeah, true. We don't. I I mean I know I I in fact I disagree with you because I know at least one thing about Colorado and I don't know anything about a hooky thing. No, 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 not did I say Colorado? I meant Nebraska. Oh, oh yeah, we, Nebraska. You know, sure. so like states like Wyoming and Colorado and the and the uh, um, the Dakotas and Kansas and like they're just rectangles, right? Yeah. All those states are rectangles. Uh-huh. But Nebraska is not a rectangle because it's got the little like mouth. Is Nebraska the one that looks kind of like is like a, a rhombus or is that? Is no, that it looks like a rectangle, but somebody took a square out of the lower left-hand corner. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up a map of the United States so I can mm-hmm. follow along better. Right, and that square that was taken out of Nebraska is part of Colorado. Oh, I see. So, you, do you have your map up so you can uh, follow along? <laughs> Could you sing a little song about the states while I bring my map up? Um, hey, do, do, do you know the, the state song? There are many state songs. Any particular one? Uh, any, come on over. Sing to the podcast. My, my daughter will now sing us a song of the uh, 50 states. Our, our first guest. Mm-hmm. Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Florida, Georgia, Hawaii, Idaho, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Minnesota, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska. Nevada, <laughs> New Hampshire, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, North Carolina, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Vermont, Virginia, Washington, West Virginia, Wisconsin, Wyoming, and that's all the states. That's wow, all the states. that was amazing. That was- I don't know any yeah. of the states. I'm sorry. Uh, the, the best part about that was there was a big emphasis on Nebraska. Which <laughs> was yeah, the, Pennsylvania did not get anywhere near the enthusiasm enthusiasm that Nebraska got. No, neither did Nevada. It was like right after Nebraska, we lost our steam. Mm, we, well, I mean, once you've hit Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Right. So you, do you have your map of the United States? I do, I do. It? You see how Nebraska's kind of eating, like chewing on Colorado? Right, like a Pac-Man eating one of those ghosts. Right. And similarly, on the other side, Utah is eating Wyoming. And then all the other ones are like squares, rectangles. Yes. So the when it says, uh, what's it say, from Omaha to Denver, mm-hmm. that is, you know, from somewhere in Nebraska to somewhere in Colorado. Yeah, like uh, all the way on the east part of Nebraska to kind of the not quite the middle of Colorado. I mean, that's a pretty good distance for a house to be known. Right. But it's along the Burlington Railroad, which I guess goes from Burlington, Vermont to somewhere. And (laughs) you think 
you were speculating or you had asserted confidently that the Burlington Railroad mentioned in the first sentence was from Burlington, Vermont. And I'm wondering maybe if it wasn't like, you know, Joe Burlington who owned a railroad or something. I can now confidently state that Burlington probably has nothing to do with Vermont at all. Ah. And uh, so first, first of all, I have no idea because apparently every um, train line ever is called the Burlington Railroad. I see. It it, it was just a generic name for. Uh, I mean, so the so first the- hit on Google is the Burlington Northern Railroad, mm-hmm. but that didn't get formed until 1970. And it was formed by a merger of a bunch of other railroads, including the Chicago, Burlington, and Quincy Railroad, which um, connected sort of like Illinois and Montana and Texas and places that were not in the slightest Vermont. So are you saying that like basically anytime somebody started a railroad, they were like, like Shmuel was talking to Yoni, and they were like, what are we going to call a railroad? Oh, we might as well call it the Burlington Railroad. Yeah, I think that's about right. I think Burlington was probably um, code for railroad. I see. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at um, this old-timey-looking map called the Burlington Route, and it goes from like Illinois uh, over to places like, like I think the Burlington route goes through Omaha and Denver, so it, it might be the one in the sentence. But uh, then it your, says, "Does your old timey map have an area that's marked as, um, you know, the zone of a very hospitable house?" Um, no. It doesn't, but it says Chicago, Peoria, or St. Louis, Denver, Cheyenne, Omaha, Council Bluffs, Lincoln, Deadwood, Nebraska City, Kansas City, Joseph, St. Joseph, Atchison, St. Paul, Minnesota, and the Black Hills. Now, that includes, like in the sentence, both Omaha (laughs) and Denver. It does not, however, Mm -hmm. as you might have guessed, include anything called Burlington. Oh, yes. This I thought we'd already Burlington. dispensed with that. Well, we, it's not Burlington, Vermont, but it's also not like Burlington, Iowa, or Burlington, Wyoming. There's no Burlington anywhere in any of those stops. I think, the deal, say, I think it was like, um, you know, sometimes in entertainment, people with... Uh, particularly ethnic sounding names feel the need to change their name to something that, uh, you know, might sell better or they think will sell better. Mm-hmm. And so I think, uh, you know, Shmuel and Yoni were like, nobody's going to ship their stuff on our railroad if it's the Shmuel Yoni uh, railroad. Uh, so we should call right. it Burlington. Well, let's see. There's also... In 1930, there was the Burlington Rock Island Railroad, which I believe is better known as the Rock Island Line. You know, that's a mighty fine line. Yeah. Um, It's the road to ride or something. That's right. Um, But 
So I'm I'm going to say that the Burlington line mentioned in that sentence is the Chicago Burlington and Quincy that um, ran uh, for uh, from 1848 until like 1970. Hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. So. Um, where yeah. is the frontier at this point? Well, or is there a frontier? Yeah. I guess. Well, so we got a couple of things. First of all, this point. This was written in what we say, nineteen twenty-three, mm-hmm. or published then, yeah. And it begins thirty or forty years ago. That's right. So that's like the eighteen nineties, eighteen eighties. Yeah. So the what we have essentially is um, east of the Mississippi River is not so much. I mean, west of Mississippi, there's it go. We go up to the Mississippi River, and then there's a uh, you know not states, and then there's California. So. Hold on. Let's take let's let's look at a at a, at a map. So another maybe. thing I vaguely remember from school is uh, there was some guy, a historian, whose name might have been Frederick, and uh, he wrote like a super important paper or book or something about the closing of the frontier. Is this ringing any bells? Um. Not Frederick Jackson Turner, maybe? Is that somebody's name? Um, I'm sure it's a lot of people's names. <laughs> I mean, I, frankly, I almost named my child Frederick Jackson Turner. I named all my children Frederick Jackson Turner. <laughs> Have you told I them yet? Them, no, I just give them nicknames. Hmm. So, oh, I, it's, I got it right. Primarily known for his frontier thesis. Man, mm-hmm. listeners are really learning a lot on this podcast. Right. So, America, <laughs> so if, if you recall from your, uh, your studies, mm-hmm. there was um, the, uh, we're, gonna, we're going up to the Civil War, and then uh, we're going to have the Kansas-Nebraska Act, and we're going to admit, you know, Kansas and Nebraska is either a free state or a slave state. And then we can't decide how to do that. And so they end up not becoming a state until a long time later. So, and I, and Oklahoma was just the Indian Territory. So a, I think... You, mm-hmm. There's some problems with the audio because my spouse is crinkling things in the background. And, oh, she's bringing a chip near the microphone. She's chewing right near the microphone. So uh, that, that that's just local color. <laughs> it's the terroir of the podcast. Is this podcast going to be like the movie they're making and singing in the rain? Where in like the jewels, the jewels are crinkling against the microphone. Oh yeah. You have to talk into the microphone. I can't stand it. Mm-hmm. Okay. In the 1880 presidential election, um, 
Kansas, Nebraska, and Colorado are states, um, but nothing around it is. So the Dakotas are, and Wyoming, Utah, Arizona, Mexico, and Arizona, and Oklahoma are all not states. Oh. Um, and uh, they voted like the North. So uh, Garfield won in 1880. Um, Hancock got all the southern states and Garfield got all the northern states, including um, Nebraska and Kansas and Colorado. Wait, I thought Kansas was um, a southern type state. Like, wasn't that the big deal that like, during the Civil War there was all this uh, bloody Kansas and people raiding back and forth across the border and whatnot? Oh, ye of little knowledge of bloody Kansas. So, the, I mean, the, the about sto- whom couldn't that be said? So the story was that we didn't know if we were going to let Kansas be a free state or a slave state. So they decide, well, we'll have the people vote. And the, the people will vote on whether they want to be a free state or a slave state, because that's the democratic thing to do to determine whether or not you could own people. You should let <laughs> The people who are going to own them vote on whether or not we want to own people or not. <laughs> it, it, it's only fair and democratic. So, unfortunately, this brilliant plan went wrong. I, and, I'm shocked to hear it. Mm-hmm. So, if you look at your map of Kansas, it's right next to Missouri, Right. Mm-hmm. And you re- you remember Missouri by its full name, Missouri Compromise. Of course. Right? The His Missouri Com- Compromise. Compromise of 1850, right? Right. The, so, and it the only Compromise... Gets, we only say that when it gets in trouble, though. Right. Missouri Compromise, you get over here this minute. <laughs> and it, it, here's your trivia question. Was Missouri, in the Missouri Compromise, what happened to Missouri? Are you there? Yeah, I'm thinking because I know mm-hmm. something about the Missouri Compromise. Isn't isn't it about um, we weren't going to like let in a whole bunch more slave states, right? Right. So the 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 general rule of the Missouri Compromise was you'd be a slave state if you were south of a particular place, and you'd be a free state if you were above a particular right. place. But Missouri which gives the compromise its name, also because <laughs> it was Missouri Compromise's last name. Missouri was, Missouri was above that place, but it would get to be a slave state. Oh. So it was the Missouri Compromise because we're going to, like, south of this is going to be free, north of this is going to, south of this is going to be slave, north is going to be free, but Missouri is going to be a slave state. So it was kind of a trick so, question. Um, no, it's the whole point. It's the not trick. The the Missouri Compromise is Missouri. We're going to compromise on Missouri. Mm. So now Missouri is now the only state that touches Kansas Mm -hmm. because it's the last state we had until the uh, suddenly got all this new land in the uh, um, Mexican War. And now we've got Kansas and Nebraska. And we say, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to let the Kansans vote on whether or not. Now, the question is, 
who is a Kansan. Um, Surely it's it's everybody who lives in Kansas. Yes, or even better, (laughs) everyone who lives near Kansas in Michigan but runs over the border on Election Day. Sort of like our modern elections. Yes, it's decided by people who live near the border of Missouri. Um, <laughs> Wait a second, Michigan. Uh, Michigan doesn't appear uh, to border Kansas. Am I missing something here? Missouri. Oh, oh, I'm it's pretty sure you said Mi- Michigan. It, well, that's a, it's Missouri, Michigan compromise is the <laughs> full name. <laughs> I see. Of 1850. Mm. No, of eighteen twenty. That mm. is that's his like um like junior third uh, of nineteen of eighteen twenty. Yeah. <laughs> that's your uh your what do you call that? Your junior thing. So anyway, the people in Kansas generally didn't want slavery. The people in Missouri did want slavery. And they all ran over the border on election day, voted 17 times, and shot everybody. So, and, um, so the, I assume, though, that when we say the people in Kansas could vote, we don't really mean all the people from Kansas. I thought that was going to be part of uh, the story. That it, like, uh, it's not just like white old men who own land and were born on the 13th day of a month or something. Well, yeah, but I mean that's how it was in Missouri. That's how it was in the North, also. Mm. Or you know, the it it wasn't anything special about being in Kansas. It was you had to be a white old man citizen of the country to vote. So anyway, that there were the actual Kansans who didn't want slavery and the voting Kansans who did want slavery. And they both sent their constitutions to Washington and neither of them got approved and they didn't become states until well after the civil war. And, um, did the people from Missouri who were coming over to vote, did they have to like sneak in? Like, um, was there a border guard? And then like, whenever he looked the other way or something like a thousand Missourians snuck in to vote. No, they just came. They they were just all there. I mean, the you know Kansas City, Missouri, and Kansas City, Kansas are right next to each other, and you just go, mm. and boom, you're there. And that's so. The actual Kansans were generally anti-slavery, and to the extent that that's a good proxy for North or South leaning. Uh, it doesn't surprise me that they voted um, for Republican candidate James Garfield rather than the Democrat Winfield Scott Hancock. Mm. But so that's that's what I know. Um, are we? Uh, maybe we should um, uh, leave the suspense of uh, what's going to happen in the uh, next sentence. Yeah, I think our, so. I feel like our our for, especially for an initial episode that our mm-hmm. podcast has gone on sufficiently long. 
And, all right. Uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the first sentence again because now I'm feeling bad that I gave you all the glory of reading it. Yeah, well, read it. You know, this is good because we've really discussed a lot of the context, so we might mm -hmm. uh, come away with a different viewpoint on a second reading. 30 or 40 years ago in one of those gray towns along the Burlington Railroad, which are so much grayer today than they were then, there was a house well-known from Omaha to Denver for its hospitality and for a certain charm of atmosphere. And with that, we'll be with, that's the end of the first episode of uh, this podcast. Uh, okay, like maybe, to, maybe by the next one, it'll have a name. Maybe and by the next maybe, one, it'll have a name. Maybe, maybe, um, maybe we'll have names. Right, so maybe as a homework assignment, um, you know, we should both uh, try to think of some names for the podcast. Maybe we should let Kansans vote on what the name of our podcast is. <laughs> so all the listeners from Kansas, please vote. Um, so assume, let's just imagine for a second that I successfully um, post this recording up in a place where people who can listen to podcasts can listen to it. I mean, I guess I'll have to give it a name. Um... Well, so that was the problem with, you know, whether or not Kansas should be a free state or a slave state, because if they said, we'll, we'll let, you know, vote on it, you're not going to bring your slaves out to Kansas if you might not get to keep them. So then only the free people would get to move out to Kansas. So similarly, we can't I guess we can't have people vote on the podcast name before we give it a name. Um, so. Um, oh, we, we should, uh, something about, you know, public domain books read and discussed. <laughs> well, that's, by, that's uh, very catchy. Um, Esquire. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just, well, call, look just for, call it Esquire. Uh, that's a good, yeah. Uh, look, look for our creative? podcast in a podcast, uh, listening place near you and, uh, of course, if you're hearing me say this, you, you've already done that. So good job, you. And uh, thank you to my co-host, whose name I won't be saying. That's all right. Um, and uh, thank you to my co-host, whose name was already said, mm. and uh, but maybe not loudly. That's right. All right. Okay. Goodbye. Bye.